You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson. In this episode, we'll be visiting Gold Beach on the south coast of Oregon to take a trip on the rugged Rogue River via one of Jerry's Jets. Jerry's Rogue Jets, now Oregon's only mailboat outfit, has come a long way since the days of pike poles and sails. The company still delivers the mail upstream on the Rogue River, but now carried even more often on the company's shallow draft vessels are vacationers seeking adventure. Today, the fully loaded 32 to 42 foot boats can carry 38 to 65 passengers and are able to navigate in water depths of as little as 8 inches. The company dates one part of its history back to three brothers, one who had an ability to entertain, one who was a boat designer, and one who was a boat pilot. Working off of a jet propulsion system originated in 1954 by Sir William Hamilton in New Zealand and the Berkeley Pump Company in California, Alden Boyce created a performance hull capable of handling the rocky shallows of the Rogue. His brother Jerry launched a company, Jerry's Rogue Jet Boats, in 1958, and their brother Court served as their first pilot. A year ago in March, Jerry's purchased its one competitor, the Rogue River Mailboat Company, that had been delivering the mail since 1895 and carrying folks on pleasure tours since the end of World War II. Now, with a combined fleet of 15 vessels, Jerry's nature-based jet boat trips on Oregon's wild and scenic Rogue River are a must-do for 800 or more passengers per day in high season and more than 30,000 coastal travelers each year. On offer on the river is a blend of interpretive narration, meal stops at riverside lodges, rugged scenery, abundant wildlife, Pacific coastal estuary, and adventurous whitewater jet boating. In this episode of On the Road with Mac and Molly, I'll be chatting with Nick McNair, who owns the company, along with his brother Scott, Mother Cherie, and Father Bill, the only original interest holder still attached to Jerry's after 40 years. From Nick, we learn how jet boats operate over the recreational, scenic, and wilderness sections of the Rogue. We hear about some of the boatmen who have grown up alongside these waters, and we marvel at the wildlife that can be seen along the canyon banks and in the river. In our time together, I'll tell you about my own and Jean's experience of the 104-mile round-trip wilderness whitewater adventure that takes folks up to Blossom Bar Rapid, which is as far as is navigable by jet boat. The journey takes in all that is found in Jerry's shorter trips, the 64-mile historic mail route that meanders along the Pacific Coastal Estuary with its magnificent snowy egrets, black bears and bald eagles, playful otters and black-tailed deer, and the 80-mile whitewater excursion, where guests race over two-mile rapid, Shasta Costa Rapid, Wildcat Rapid, Old Diggins Riffle, Foster's Rapid, and Watson Creek Rapid. All that and more when we return from these messages. So please, sit, stay. We'll be right back after this pause. 
sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. from experience feels like home for her enter the code lucky 10 l-u-c-k-y the number 10 and get 10% off any order no minimum at petco.com how would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience we have a brand new trademark concept called info seeds info seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business Practice or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Nick McNair, one of the owners with his brother and father and mother of Jerry's Rogue Jets in Gold Beach, Oregon. Thank you, Nick, so much for taking the time away from the river to be with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Why don't we begin with the beginning? That which is today Jerry's Rogue Jets first saw life when? And what is Jerry's Rogue Jets? Who started the company? How and for what purpose? I, um, Jerry's Rogue Jets, pretty simply, is just you know a fun nature-based jet boat ride up uh, the Rogue River here in Gold Beach. Started somewhere back in either 58, 59 by Jerry and Alden Boyce and even their brother Court. So three brothers started the, the tradition. And basically, they just saw an opportunity. The mail boats were running freight up and down the river, and they were getting pretty, uh, well, I guess common and, and a tourist attraction for people to go ahead and join the boats. But they weren't efficient, and they weren't quite the rides that Jerry and Alden saw. Uh, so they started to make it more of an interaction, put PA, you know, address systems within the boats, and also designed their own jet. So... They were the first ones to be able to run over the shallow riffles here on the Rogue, um, not using the propellers like the mailboats were. And tell us a little bit more about those jet boats. How are they fashioned? How are they propelled? How do they function? So it, it, in what waters can they function? At what depths can they function? Well, basically the advantage of the jet boat is that you have absolutely nothing protruding below the bottom of the boat. So there's no rudders. 
There's not a prop that's down below the bottom. So you can go within six to eight inches, even in these large, you know, 38 passenger jet boats. And basically the way it works is you have a pump that sucks water up through the bottom of the boat and then forces it out the back uh, through a nozzle. So sucking water in and pushing it out the back to propel you forward. And can you tell us a little bit more about how Jerry, you mentioned Jerry, Alden, and Court, Boyce, how they learned about this uh, jet propulsion system that's used in the boats and how and where the first boats were manufactured? Okay. They built the boats themselves here in Gold Beach. You know, all three of them were veteran mm-hmm. rivermen, which when you live here in Gold Beach, it's kind of what you do. It's, it's our main attraction. And they coupled information based on well drilling technology, but then also I think they got a little uh, assistance from the, they somehow figured out, I think New Zealand actually developed the first pump, but they (laughs) coupled some of the information coming from New Zealand with the well drilling technology here and kind of designed their own prototype, uh, which got them started. Okay, so Nick, can you tell us a little more about the jet boats? How are they fashioned? How are they propelled? How do they function and in what waters, at what depths? Okay, well, the way a jet boat works is it sucks up water um, through the bottom of the boat and then forces it out a smaller nozzle um, out the back, which then propels it upriver. And what the benefit of this is that you now have no objects protruding below the bottom of your boat. So there's no rudders, no propellers underneath allowing you to run in shallower water. So in these large 38-passenger boats, you can still run within six to eight inches of, of, of water. And what are you moving over when you're in the Rogue? What are some of the, the depths? What You go from the least shallow to, to the deepest. What, uh, what do you see? Yeah, um, so the way the Rogues broke up is you'll go over a shallow pool, or shallow riffle followed by a deep pool. So it's broken up into, you know, sections. And and the lower section here, you know, six to eight inches, like I was saying, our minimum draft is, you know, you'll be going over that in some of the lower sections. And then down into deep pools that are up to 60, 70 feet deep. Same up in the upper river section, but the bottom itself actually switches to bedrock. So rather than being soft gravel shoals, it's a more sturdy <laughs> solid rock bottom that you're going over. Can you tell us a little bit about how Jerry and Alden and Court came to discover this water jet propulsion system that you're using in the boats and maybe tell us a little bit about where and how those first boats were manufactured? Over the years on the Rogue River, you know, boats have always been a process of evolution that even continues today. Even, you know, every time we design a new boat, there's little tweaks that you add on here and there. And originally, boats really weren't able to make it over some of the shallow riffles here in the later summer months as the river level started to drop. So trying to um, better the situation, Jerry and Alden began kind of toying with different ideas and came up with the jet pump using knowledge from well diggers here in Gold Beach and also some information coming over from New Zealand to design the boat that wouldn't rely on a propeller or pike poles or anything else to get over the shallow waters, but just simply um, not have anything sticking below the boat. Now, for many years, you were in competition with the Rogue River Mail Boats. Could you give us a brief history of that company and tell us how you came to acquire it? 
Well, the mail boats were the first, you know, boat company on the river. They started clear back in 1895, but it was strictly uh, for freight. So it was, it was an actual mail route. And, you know, they used the boats of the time, which was pike poles, sails, and basically just dragging the boats up the river when it got too shallow. You know, the evolution of being, you know, on the river using boats, it slowly got to propellers once um, outboard motors were created and then um, continued to progress. And then at night, like when Jerry and Court and Alden came into the picture, well, the mailboat run had become prominent enough that people began to come here to see it and take rides on the boat. So it became more of almost mixing into a tourist attraction rather than the freight. And Jerry and Alden went ahead and expounded on this and turned it into more of a, a, a thrill ride with the jet pumps that they had created. So then that began the competition between Jerry's and the mailboats there about 1958, 1959. And then they went back and forth over the years until finally just a few years ago, or actually two years ago, I guess Jerry finally won <laughs> and <laughs> bought the mailboats. Are you still delivering the mail up the river? We, we still are. So every morning the mail goes on the back of the boat here and we take it up to the small town of Agnes deliver and then bring all the outgoing mail back down. Well, you note on your website that you operate nature-based jet boat trips. Could you tell us a little bit about the Rogue River? What is distinctive about it? I understand that there are recreational, scenic, and wilderness portions of the river, and and I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about what that means and who made these, a lot of questions here, but who made designations how do those designations determine the usage of the river and the environs so maybe if you can just start with the uh, kind of what do you mean by a nature-based jet boat trip nature-based jet boat trips you know when people think jet boats they think immediately fast running up river doing spins and splash and spray which is part of the whitewater trips but you know as you're saying the road has three different levels and what created those three different levels was the wild and scenic rivers act so the nature-based portion comes from the fact that the rogue was protected. And so in addition to all the fun jet boating, we're also blessed with you know great scenic views up and down the canyon, um, lots of, of wildlife up and down the canyon. So it's a mixture of learning the history, learning all the geology and information about the river and checking it out, stopping and viewing wildlife, but then also having a great day, having a lot of fun with the, with the you know, the powerful jet boats going up and down. Well, how did the different designations of the river dictate how the river can be used? There's a recreational section, a scenic section, and a wilderness section. So how does that translate into how you can use those portions? Well, the recreational is basically, it's a section of the river that's readily accessible by road. So there's boat ramps, um, you can drive to any section of that river, it kind of refers to the fact that, you know, there's basically towns around that section. It's urbanized a little bit. Um, scenic is now free-flowing, so it's free of dams, accessible in places by road, but very limited. So it's the next level of protection. And then wild is trail only. So it's essentially the original state of the river. So no improvements by man, no roads within half a mile of the scenic corridor. Um, so it's a, it's a back to nature, you know, it's, the river as it's meant to be. Can you give us even a, I don't know, a word picture, I guess, of what you see as you proceed down the river? What is the terrain like along the the riverbanks? It's just tough to say exactly. 
to describe it without actually seeing the river, but it's a great transition from coastal estuary up to real rugged, you know, steep country that a lot of people, you know, haven't ever seen and very few traverse in that area except for through the passageway of the road. Now, are you engaged in efforts to preserve and protect the river and its denizens? Yes. You know, we make our money based on the scenic beauty of the rogue. So if we lose that, we lose, you know, our, you know, our business. People come to see the impressive country that, you know, the government set aside, and we offer a route up there. And so we'll, we'll partake in anything that comes our way in terms of efforts to keep the rogue clean. You know, every year... We have the Rogue River cleanup on this side here. That's the day to get all the kids out, and we go up and pick up all sorts of trash that's come down on the winter high waters. You know, as uh, we flood out in the winter time, so it brings all the trash all along the river. That as the river drops, it leaves it on the gravel bars here. And so, the first part of spring, get all the kids out of school and and go up there and do our best to to make it sparkle and shine for everyone to come and enjoy again for the, the summer months. It made me think that uh, of when we were on our own trip down the river, our guide had mentioned and had pointed out where there was extraordinary flooding. Could you speak maybe a little more about the, the major floods that have, uh, have hit that region uh, over the years? Well, the last major one was in 1964, uh, before the, the furthest upriver dam was put into place, which is now there for basically flood control and in 64 what it was a, a mixture of both very heavy snowpack up in the hills and then followed very quickly by torrential you know, rain that then just immediately melted all the snow and just sent all the water downstream so for a traditional we run from summer to winter months somewhere between 1500 cfs which is cubic feet per second um, up to about 12,000 kind of being the average winter flows. That 1964 flood was closer to almost 500,000 CFS. So you can get an idea of just how major that event was for us here. Incredible when uh, we could see just how far the river had come up. It was really just amazing to me. Well, let's take a break. When we return, we'll chat about what guests might expect when they take a trip on a Jerry's Rogue jet and what kind of wildlife might be encountered on the river. We'll hear about the folks who pilot the boats and what the future might hold for Jerry's Rogue jets. So please sit, stay. We'll be back right after these messages. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash road R-O-A-D to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
I Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi guys, this is Skyler Samuels. Hi, this is Rochelle Seth from the Twilight franchise. Hey, what's going on? It's Tyler James Williams from Everybody Hates Chris. Hey guys, it's Caroline Sunshine from the new movie Marmaduke. You are listening to the amazing, unstoppable Kristen Powers. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock on Pet Life Radio. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Powers of Pets Rock at Pet Life Radio. We'll see you next time. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets Rock! Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back and chatting with Nick McNair of Jerry's Rogue Jets in Gold Beach, Oregon. As we noted before we went to break, we'd like to focus in this segment of the program on the trip options that you present to your guests. So, Nick, would you please tell us about those trips and what folks might expect on each? Well, we offer three different trips here on the Rogue River. Our first one is kind of for the more tentative, um, kind of worried about jet boarding, kind of not sure about themselves being on the river in a boat. And so it's a little bit slower cruise, kind of more geared towards the scenery and the wildlife of the river and a little bit more relaxed pace. That's our 64 mile. And then we also offer two different whitewater trips that get you up into the water for some splash and spray, doing some spins, kind of adding the adding more of the jet boating aspect into the trips. So they take you up into the wild section where the whitewater is and and still blending all of the, the history and interesting facts about the river and all the wildlife, but also kind of giving you that extra little edge of um, having the exciting jet boating portion. The uh, news here has been filled with reports recently of two men who lost their lives on the Rogue in a more dangerous section of the river that your boats do not travel. Could you speak a little bit to the respect and the appreciation that you have for the Rogue? Yeah, although the Rogue is beautiful, you know, obviously if you're, if you're not careful, it is also very powerful. The area that you're referring to is Blossom Bar Rapid, which is probably one of the most famous here in the Rogue, and where our longest trip turns around at. Um, we don't actually run it, but we butt up to the base of it and then turn around. Um, it's a definitely a tricky rapid, not runnable by jet boat in the lower waters, Um but all the float traffic coming down through the canyon, it'll be one of the major rapids that they encounter. And it's a very tricky uh, boulder patch that requires a lot of pulling and then setting up and making the right strokes at the right time to get you down through safely. And unfortunately, um, this year, um, as the summer progressed, and actually just recently, just um, two people lost their lives in the rapid. We, uh, my husband and I, were on the trip, the 104-mile trip that did turn around just before Blossom Falls. And I was very grateful that we had really, truly experienced uh, pilot. You know, as I was thinking about these lives that had recently been, been lost, I wonder if you might tell us a bit about your pilots. We, on our day on the river, were on the Osprey. 
And uh, so we had Hugh McGinnis, a native of Agnes, who was piloting, as I said, was piloting the boat. And he said he had been doing this for 34 years. It was abundantly clear as we meandered our way along the river and (laughs) as we were hitting the the rapids and uh, doing our spin after spin, that, that this was someone who knew the waters well. And wonder if you might just tell us a little bit about your pilots. The very first thing they need is their Coast Guard license. So they're all certified by the Coast Guard, go through the training, and get their validation. But more importantly is all of the guys that drive for us have been born and raised on the river itself. So Hugh, you know, being a native of Agnes, he probably had his own boat by the time he was 11 or 12 and, and ran that thing up and down. And actually his family were also boat builders, so he has some of that knowledge mixed in there as well to know how his boat handles and and that's the best training is simply just being on the river running a boat every day since they were little kids and and that also adds to part of the fun of the trip you know these all the pilots here and all of us working here are absolutely just drawn to the river and love it so every day is another great experience just to be able to share this section with hundreds of people per day and thousands of people per summer. One of the things that really struck me is that Hugh spotted bears and turtles and osprey and herons and otters and bald eagles and black-tailed deer well before most of us in the boat. And it really got me wondering whether that was his years of experience speaking or whether your pilots are radioing each other to provide a heads up on what's ahead. It's a little bit of both. You know, that can't be trained. And Hugh is definitely one of the best at spotting wildlife. And that also just goes back into being raised here and constantly being on the river and being avid outdoorsmen from hunting and fishing and, and just being out and being aware and being able to spot. But obviously, you know, we work as a team here, and so we want everybody, hopefully every boat gets to see, you know, all the big ticket items, gets to see the bear, gets to see the elk, you know, gets to see those things. And so they help each other out. If a bear is spotted, you know, they'll radio back, and let them know, you know, Solitude Bar, there's a bear on the north bank um, up by the tree line, so they'll be watching for that. And then, But in addition to that, it's also, you know, a safety measure. If, if something's going on on the river, you know, they can radio back and forth, watch out. There's a, a different private boat coming down river, um, so they'll be aware of everything that's going on. How many boats are you typically running in your busy season? And when does that season run, from when to when? Well, our our main season runs May 1st through October 15th, the busiest time being July and August. So through July and August, we'll be running anywhere from, you know, 11 to 14 trips per day. Every day of the week, you know, through the holidays, everything. July and August is kind of the the time for for Gold Beach and, and Jerry's Rogue Jets to really show people this great area. And then once, you know, we start to dip into the shoulder months, the September, October, or even the beginning of the season, May and June, we're running somewhere between, you know, two to, to five trips a day and occasional six. So it's definitely slow down compared to the, the, the peak season. And how many persons does each boat hold? The whitewater boats won't hold any more than 38. Uh, we're Coast Guard licensed upwards of 42 to 45, but uh, we like to keep them not quite full, but just so everyone's still comfortable. And then we have boats that range up to somewhere between 50 and 65, depending on on which boat it is. Now, you mentioned the uh, whitewater. Are there times during the year when the river is running a whole lot faster than it it is at other times? 
Yeah, the mm-hmm. river will change as the year progresses. In the beginning of the year, we're still in the springtime, so you have the, the snow melt still kind of keeping the river up and be our spring flows, you know, somewhere between three and 4,000 CFS, so it's a little bit larger. Um, you get a little bit bigger white water that time of year, and also all the waterfalls along the river are all pouring in. As the season progresses until now, now we're closer to about 1,500 and, and dropping. Um, so now you have a lower river and a more technical river, definitely as you know the, the rocks begin to show and you start to get some shallower gravel shoals, it becomes a more technical and uh, kind of a more exciting ride as you get to see just exactly what your pilot is taking you over and taking you around. I was reading something the other day about the brown pelicans and mm-hmm. how many of them, there is a concern that many of them are not traveling south as soon as they should in each given season. And this has been attributed to climate change. And I'm wondering if you have seen climate changes in this area in the, the amount of time that you have been, uh, been on the river. For my short time that I've been here, uh, we have noticed that our springs are starting to get a little bit longer. You know, it's been colder Mays than it has been in the past with more rain. But then our late season, you know, clear into September and October have just been gorgeous where we're getting warmer weather longer. This summer in particular was kind of a short summer, but it's following that same trend where you know, a little bit longer spring and a really nice, beautiful September and into October where it's warm. Is there anything that you'd want to say about the community of Gold Beach and this southern Oregon coast? I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, I left for a little while, went to college in the big city, um, but then immediately came back just because there's something about small towns that you really can't recreate anywhere else. We all have a great time working here together in the summer between the restaurants, the motels, and all the other attractions. And then, you know, it's nice that we all kind of sit back and relax and, and kind of start cleaning things up once uh, winter rolls around and it's back just uh, the local folk. And it's a real strong sense of community here. And everyone's always watching out for each other. And it's something that, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't take for granted. It's great, great to live here and to grow up here. It is an absolutely beautiful part of the country known as the Wild Rivers region, I believe, of, uh, of Oregon. And uh, it really has been a, it's been a wonderful blessing to be here. I, I wonder, as you're looking forward for the company, if you do have uh, plans for the future that you'd want to share or um, anything additional that you'd, you'd want us to hear about uh, Jerry's Rogue Jets? Yeah, we really don't have any big changes in the future, you know, it's hard to change, um, you know, just the, the idea of the trips of just a great family day, heading up and down the river, um, sharing stories and, and looking for wildlife. And, you know, one of the great things that we hear a lot in the mornings when people are checking in, they'll say, you know, I came here when I was a kid back when I was 12 or 13, you know, 35 years ago, and now I'm bringing my kids back. It's just one of those things. The, the Rogue River has a draw, and being on board the jet boats with, you know, with your pilots and Having a great day is just something that really can't be forgotten, and it's just a whole lot of fun, and (laughs) there's no words really to describe it. Now, your mother's border collie, Rogue, (laughs) named, I'm assuming, for the river, greets Mm -hmm. the guests as they are uh, arriving and goes from one to another looking for anybody willing to kick or throw a ball for her. Is she your official or your unofficial mascot? I think she's become the official mascot. 
Yeah, because people check in about a half hour earlier, early for their trip, and then Rogue entertains for that half hour before we get you on board the boat. But as you know, border callers, just constant high energy. And we're right here next to the river, so she's constantly bringing sticks up to the top of the ramp and having people throw them down into the water for her so she can run out there, swim out there, and, and grab them. So I think she enjoys the summer tourist season more than anybody else because there's just a, a constant perpetual line of people. Once she wears out one person's arm, she just moves on to the next. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. She, she, was just a, she was just a delight. Well, while we were on the boat trip, we saw a number of dogs on rafts and motorboats on the river. There was a great big St. Bernard, a couple of Goldens. There were other mixed breed dogs. And in every instance, they looked to be having the time of their lives. I wondered if we might close out uh, with a maybe a word about the dogs of the river, if there is, <laughs> I don't know, if there is such a word you can give us. And perhaps you might uh, just finally share what it is about the river rogue that intrigues you, that calls you back, and keeps you invested in it. Yeah, and everybody here has their dogs, and they're, they're all river dogs. Always have a great time, like I was saying with rogue, you know, just being out, fetching, swimming. It's the same thing that draws, you know, people here and, and keeps me here. It's just being in the outdoors and having that freedom to, to run around and, and just enjoy the beautiful country and, you know, the great weather that we get during the summertime. And, you know, people obviously enjoy sharing that with their pets and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the pet, the dogs enjoy it just as much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do, and it's funny to think of the dogs as uh, river dogs, and you really do see just, I don't know if you can picture joy on a dog's face being on a boat in the middle of the river or, you know, as you say, kind of racing into the water and retrieving whatever's been thrown for them. It really is uh, It's really a lot of fun to be on the Rogue. Well, is there anything additional you'd want to say as we as we end? Perhaps you'd like to share with us your, your website or how people can learn more about Jerry's Rogue Jets? Yeah, anybody who's ever on the on the West Coast to definitely search us out here on the Southern Oregon Coast. And the website simply www.roguejets.com. Check us out. Plan a vacation. <laughs> I love it here. So. <laughs> well, and I certainly enjoyed the day that we had on the jet boat. And I really am grateful to you for, for being with us today. And, uh, and thank you for continuing to provide the wonderful adventure that is the jet boat ride on the road. If any of our listeners have any questions or comments about today's show, I'd invite you to email me at the address you'll find in my On the Road blog on Pet Life Radio. And as always, I hope you'll join us next time as we head out On the Road with Mac and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>